Hi everyone, and welcome to All Systems Argo. Today's movie is going to be very familiar to history buffs, classic rock fans, and, well, anyone who's watched cable TV on a Saturday night. That's right, today we're looking at the Boomer-approved feel-good classic, Forrest Gump. For those who need a refresher, the film stars Tom Hanks as the titular character, a good-hearted dim bulb from the backwoods of Alabama. Based on the 1988 novel, it follows Forrest as he experiences a quarter century's worth of American history and even makes some of his own. To some, Forrest Gump is a timeless slice of Americana. To others, it only deserves to be remembered as the origin of a chain of family seafood restaurants. Who's correct? You decide. <laughs> Just kidding, we'll decide. Right now, on All Systems Argo. I, I, I streamed Cromwell on YouTube for the for no one other other reason that it was free. Well, but you well, but it was free. So, but you you're first of all, hello and welcome to All Systems Argo, the show where we we watch Argo every single episode and we compare it to other Oscar winners. I am joined, of course, as always, by my co-host Jess Hassell. How are you, Jess? I am doing great. Thrilled to be here. Totally didn't want to reschedule the app. Uh-huh. Weren't trying to do that literally seconds before. And we are joined uh, by special guest Parker Lay. Parker, how are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me. Uh, we're so happy you joined us. Just rounding back real quickly. So, Jess, you watched this on, for you paid three dollars <laughs> to watch this on YouTube, not Amazon or or or, or, or Apple if you had Mac stuff or yeah. Would you really YouTube? rather me support Bezos? I mean, no. Did I? Yes. But uh, no, I, I wouldn't rather you. It's true. I, YouTube is not better, but it's not worse. Oh, man. It's not better, but it's significantly less worse. I bought Forrest Gump on Amazon because I thought I'd watch it again. <laughs> Wild. <laughs> what a no, brave man. I was about to make fun of it significantly less worse, but then you said that you bought Forrest <laughs> Gump on Amazon, and that's much funnier. <laughs> if you haven't uh, already already picked up on it, we watched, uh, in a, in a manner of speaking, and after a long fashion, a conservative's wet dream. Watch Forrest Gump. <laughs> Um, and and if we seem a little rusty, it, it is because we watched Forrest Gump three weeks ago. Uh, at this point, um, and, and who here rewatched Forrest Gump in preparation for the episode? No one, hopefully. One, yeah, once no, was I enough. Didn't. So yeah, so we may be a little. There is a road. There was a road to this Gump. The road to Gump, road um, to which Gump. I'm sure we'll get into in a mini. But s suffice to say. It's been a while, so Gump is perhaps not as fresh in our minds as it was it once was. But do you know what is fresh? Argo. Argo. <laughs> Argo. Your first real viewing of Argo, uh, Parker, am I correct? Yes, I have never seen this movie all the way through. And what did you think of the uh, 2012 Best Picture winner? Technically, I mean, it won in... 2013th Oscar ceremony, but you know what I mean. Uh, what'd you think? Uh, I, well, I just spent an hour and 40 minutes watching a person that doesn't really have real emotions blunder his way through uh, one of the, one of the United States worst uh, foreign policy disasters, <laughs> something that it has nothing in common with uh, Forrest Gump. <laughs> um, 
and uh, just to just to slide in here, uh, what's the word? What am I looking for? Alert listeners might have noticed that Parker said an hour and forty minutes, uh, and you may remember that our extended edition of Argo is two hours nine minutes. That's because we watched the first thirty minutes of Argo two weeks ago. So <laughs> we've really piecemealed up. <laughs> also, uh, you may have noticed that Parker said one of the worst foreign policy disasters, as if there is not an awful foreign policy disaster that may or may not be in Forrest Gump. <laughs> well, or a or an awful foreign policy disaster that may or may not have happened and still be happening and extremely current to this recording. Um I don't know. I mean, Argo foreign policy disaster, maybe, but they got people out. So I, I mean, I mean, they succeeded. But also, it wasn't America. So I mean, <gasps> oh yeah, 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 yeah. Let me go through really quickly. We do this every episode, uh, Parker. I just need to run through the uh, the Hall of Lies. Uh, which is- <laughs> just a quick run through. So I, I, I did pick up. up on on some of it. <laughs> the recap of the lies in the movie Argo, such as. Um, uh, the children that were piecing together the shredded pieces of the uh, uh, the sort of staff list from the embassy, they were not children. Not children. Definitely not children. They were adults, and they were actually taught to do so uh, out of a book a British spy wrote. So, um, but not children. <laughs> I, I Now I'm glad it was in the movie, though, because it did lead to... One of the funniest reactions to <laughs> Targo we've had in a while. I thought there was only one kid. <laughs> there is a bit where the where the sort of we cut to the children putting several times actually. We cut to the children putting together shredded pieces of paper. Did you think that the, the child was drawing that picture? Did you or, think there was only one child? Or that I, there was only think, one child or both? <laughs> I, I thought there was only one child. And other than that, I thought it was a really shitty uh, shredder. Like, come on, CIA. <laughs> in, invest in a good shredder. <laughs> I mean, good office supplies, you know, they're hard to come by. My office doesn't even have a laminator. I mean, we don't have a label maker of any kind. It's very annoying. Um, Do you guys work in the 1990s? <laughs> uh, we don't have a fax machine, Parker. <laughs> uh, well, we do all of our faxing via the internet, so. Um, and it's fine. I don't work in a mortgage company that primarily sends paper checks. What do you mean? I'm um, screaming. But uh, Horrifying. Yeah, awful. Uh, yeah, so that was one of the lies. Uh, most of the, uh, as stated by Carter, Jimmy Carter, the mission was 90% the Canadians idea, 10% the Americans. Um, we literally sent the person, but it was, it was mostly the Canadian deal. So, um, a, a sort fact of, that the, a fact uh, that the movie really wanted to retcon absolutely. at the end. At the end, uh, the movie very clearly wants us to stand the great Satan. <laughs> it wants us to stand, not just the great Satan, uh, but also hashtag the Central Intelligence Agency. Um, <laughs> love to stand the CIA. Oh, we love the cops, cops. <laughs> is that what they are? The cops? Or is cops. that the FBI? <laughs> I think it's the FBI. <laughs> The, the issue is there are no cops, cops. The CIA uses <laughs> yeah, the, the right world's the cops market. in that they <laughs> oppress the world and and kill a lot of people. But it's fine. It's good. 
Um, We don't get political. To borrow a word from Eddie Griffin, the United Empire of the Earth. (laughs) The the UEA? No. The (laughs) UEA? That's a good name for America. Sure. I mean, yeah. It's just accurate. I I mean I just just the United American Empire just seems the A E um, the U A E let's see then that's the U A E so it, we can't it doesn't seem <laughs> fair to the United Arab Emirates doesn't seem cool to them yeah I don't um, think they'll like us taking that acronym no no that's the worst thing we've done um but oh! we also we also I should say did delay this recording uh, because of current events um yes this is recorded quite. Eh, about a month or so after um, America's, uh, how do we put it? Other very good foreign policy decisions? Uh, our extremely successful uh, exit from Afghanistan. So We did some good nation building there, boys. We, Yeah, we were going to record that week, and then we decided, oh boy, I don't Let's maybe want to watch a, an embassy getting stormed. We're watching Argo while we're watching the filming of For Argo 2. Oh, Argo 2. Oh, no. Jeez. Parker, no. Um, oh, but oh, it's it's very sad. I don't like it. Um, is it's that all the sad. lies? Is that the main? Have we? Oh, Those wait. Those are the main lies. Oh, wait. There's one more lie. The whole end of the movie didn't happen. Yes. <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> sorry. I thought this was based on reality. Well, so relatively speaking, there was a point where the mission was called off, but it happened before he got on the plane. Um, every like to go there, like to go to to um, to Iran, everything after they like all of the like stuff about them getting chased and the bus uh, that didn't and, start. Yeah, the bus, <laughs> the the guy who couldn't drive a manual bus despite it being his job. Um, <laughs> Uh, Jess is Stan, the angry border guard. Uh, the delicious, uh, beautiful-eyed uh, angry border guard. Yes, right. <laughs> yes, uh, none of that happened. They got they got up early and they got off. They got out of the country with no problems. Um, I mean, it's a lot more exciting this way. So, I'm not I'm not. Yeah, there's some there was some real suspense at the end. It was a movie. It was like a movie. Um, it was fun. Wow. Yeah. Well, it was I, like a heist movie at the end. I got to say every single time I watch Argo, um, well, not every time, but especially this time, uh, it, it really does draw you in the first bit. You're just, you're just not with it. It's, it's kind of slow and weird, but by the end, those last 30 minutes, it's a lot easier to get immersed it's, in the picture. It's actually wild that, uh, when you're watching Argo, it's so slow to draw you in that really like when you get to the hour and 30 minute mark, that's when you're like, man, this movie really kicked it into high gear (laughs) (laughs) where it really just has the pace of a movie. You're like, wow, this is like an actual heist and heist prep. And this is great. It's amazing that a, a a spy thriller uh, has its first real excitement fully one hour plus in. The fun parts are just all <laughs> hidden in there. Like they just like hide the good part, like at the end. <laughs> well, well, every but it's part, also inaccurate. Every part was pretty good because every single line 
was a meme unto itself. There are a lot of memes in the movie. A it's lot true. of zingers. Oh. I'm looking at my notes from this viewing. I learned that my boy from the beginning of the movie, the guy I love who tells everyone not to shoot their guns and is like, I'm going to go reason with them before he immediately <laughs> one second later gets a gun put to his head. His and we, name is Golasinski. Do we oh, see good. him ever again no. in the movie? I mean, he Literally lived, no. but no. Well, yeah, but you need to do extra research. That That's the only guy I cared about in this entire movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he was gone very quickly, Parker. He was the only person you cared about. I don't know what you watched the last, I don't know, two hours of the movie for. He was in, what, the first nine minutes? I, I, I kept thinking during that scene of... Uh, of that Lord of the Rings scene at uh, oh, what's what's that Helm's Deep, and and oh. the, the castle is surrounded by orcs, Way and I'm just harder. thinking of another guy just opening the door, being like, "I'm gonna reason with him." Well, Parker, you had the opportunity to choose Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, and so I took it, and you chose Forrest Gump. Also, just love. Oh shit! Was wait. Oh my god, you're right. <laughs> we so we're not talking return. about... Here on All Systems Argo, we're going to be comparing and contrasting Argo with Lord of the Rings. <laughs> return of the King. And <laughs> All right, guys, I haven't seen it in five years. Let's go. <laughs> I, I also love that the that you, but mostly the movie, uh, did shoot that scene as if the orcs were invading when it when they are, of course, <laughs> Iranian people, Iranian citizens, just people. Uh, Wild. That's how it was shot. Yeah, was, no, I don't blame really you. Was. That is how it. I, it was shot of, as though they were a mob of villains. One of my notes is we don't have even one Iranian character in this embassy. Not not <laughs> one named or otherwise. No one. Yeah. The only ones close are that guy who rips off the woman's glasses and then somebody who starts screaming about um, a a sort of like a, a dartboard uh, picture of the Ayatollah. So wait, they so they actually translated uh, what the guy was saying. They didn't just have uh, foreign, speaks foreign language. In, no, he, in was the screaming, yeah. he was screaming he was in English. He was yelling, who has done this? Um Oh yes, that guy. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. They they do not. But you they, would think that there would be a single like Iranian person working uh, as a diplomat, and not a single one is shown. Nope. Not even one. Not a single like Iranian American is shown. Um, you know, and it's we it's wild to think about it that way because usually, um, usually you would see someone in the background. And you'd be like, oh, man, it sucks that they didn't give them a speaking role. But there isn't even someone to give a speaking role. It is wild how often we've talked about this. We've talked about everything in this stupid movie. But how rarely they um, translate Farsi and translate like Iranian citizens. And they usually just let them remain sort of. I mean, Voiceless. Untran- yeah, which works for what the movie wants, which is to make you uh, sort of feel out of place and worried. But it's like kind of gross. It's like a little, like a mm. tad gross. I don't know. It, it it's almost like the movie wanted you to think of them as orcs storming the castle. 
I don't know where you're getting that. I don't know where you. I don't know where you're getting that because uh, well, we didn't watch Lord of the Rings. Well, see, no, <laughs> see, we did. We watched Lord of the Rings, and now we're discussing Lord. Of, no, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I love watching Lord of the Rings. Um, was there anything that that like specifically stood out as working for you, Parker? Just the timing at the end and the the culmination of the movie when they finally cross the border in into uh, Iraq. Uh, was we can now have alcohol. That that was like the emotional release of the movie that they set up before. It, it was good. There was setup and there was payoff because it was stressful. And then you could have a beer and then you relaxed. I I love looking at the sound waves like on our recording software and seeing the long flat pause from when I ask you if there is anything you liked in the movie to you <laughs> responding. It's very good. Uh, it, but no, I like true. that. I do like that the moments of sort of celebration and oh, we we escaped are one alcohol and two you got into Iraq. Um, yeah, you got into Iraq in nineteen eighty. <laughs> Stop. Um, but it's actually funny too, just because like we we were talking about during the during the watch of Argo. Um, the way that like Americans, the way that we kind of, the way that we celebrate using food and liquor (laughs) and the way that they were partying the night before they had to escape. It's just, it's funny to see like, (laughs) it's just funny to see that be a theme while simultaneously having it contrasted with uh, Ben Affleck surrounded by sad beer cans. Did, did Ben Affleck share any of that whiskey he took? Because he no. took an entire bottle of whiskey it, from the party and and, and 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 put it in his bag like he was a school child stealing like alcohol from his parents. The movie seems to <laughs> indicate that all of these 30 to 40 year old people can mainline booze for hours, bottles, and then be fine the next morning, which I can't do. And I'm 25. Now, to so, be fair, my body has uh, the sort of uh, health age of a 140-year-old man, but still. <laughs> yeah. So here, here's the thing. They, they were trapped in that Canadian ambassador's house for almost three months. What do you think they were doing that entire time? They, they built up a tolerance. They were not drinking. They were hiding under the floorboards, Parker. Yeah, and drinking. They were absolutely drinking. The one guy was sneaking out to smoke. <laughs> and they sneaking out to smoke, and they were drinking with dinner and definitely drink. I mean, they seem to have had a fine watching TV. Seems okay, a little boring, you know. A little bit of a boring routine. Yeah, and it's very boring. moments of hiding under right. the floorboards. Moments of extreme terror, and I assume they sleep under the floor. I'm not sure. That would make the most sense. It would make. I'm not. I was. I'm not. Not clear that there's they, clarity. Yeah, maybe they slept in the beds, but then if somebody came, they would run. But I mean, that seems difficult to navigate. Yeah, they they didn't give enough uh, screen time to the housekeeper because that that was, she was. Yeah, she she was the Oscar Schindler of Iran. It was she was great, and and they they should have had her story more than just her being this like amazing hero and covering for them at massive risk to herself. And then we have just one throwaway scene where she goes into Iraq. 
Exactly. Honestly, I wonder what this movie, like there's a world in which this movie exists and it's from Sahar's perspective and it's a significantly better movie. Oh, absolutely. I'd watch watch the shit out of that. It's made on a much lower budget and it's not an American movie and it's great. It's like Mm -hmm. definitely great. Or it's made in 2019. Because like imagine this like from Sahar's perspective, you know, you have all of us like you're the housekeeper for these like, you know, Canadian diplomats. And then all of a sudden, Americans come in after the storming of uh, after the storming of the embassy, and you don't want to betray the people who you've built this relationship with. But at the same time, you know the risk that you're posing to yourself. Um, like that is a really great story and a really great conflict. And who knows? Like we don't even see if Sahar has family. She appears to not, but it's very unclear. I mean, the well, movie we wouldn't know. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. the movie the does movie's not, uninterested. The movie doesn't have characters except sort of, kind of Ben Affleck. It has a plot and people in the plot who occasionally express emotion, and then and that's kind of it. There's not. Well, we, did, we did get some characterization of a character who had like no real stakes. Which was the uh, the old movie producer? Uh, yes. <laughs> we had, we had a throwaway scene where he's like, "Oh, I've got kids. This is a real big risk." Oh, yes. and, and he's been in the U.S. the entire time. Yes, he's and he's bad. relating to Ben him. Affleck, who is going to go on this exfiltration mission <laughs> and uh, quite literally could die in a foreign country. Um, and he's like, our situation's the same. Well, if there's, if there's anything at all that you should really, um, and I, I mean, I guess they're trying to do a, like a CIA movie career is the same deal, which, you know, I guess lying, but, uh, <laughs> I, I suppose if there's anything you should really drop from this motion picture, it's the 35 minutes of Hollywood. It's the yes. 30 plus minutes of Hollywood comedy that exists in the first half of this movie before now, it turns into, you know, but Jamal, it wouldn't have won the Oscar. I was just going to say, I mean, no, there's it would not. no way it would have won the Oscar without, Hey, you know who has it real rough? Hollywood producers. Hey, Academy, please. Can you believe Oscar. that they want to unionize? Can you believe that these extras want to unionize? Your movie is dead in the water. They want health care. These cannibals want dental. That that was one of my notes. I I took I took four notes, four bullet points. They might be Uh, cannibals, uh, but they want health and dental. Yep, that that was one of them. Uh, The other one that I I don't know how I'm going to fit in, but I have to say it. we can get ethnically appropriate kids (laughs) out of the water. Well, the movie has, and we've talked about this mostly in relation to the CIA where the movie has this matter of fact approach on how crappy everybody is, but in a way that doesn't sort of, that's kind of like, eh, eh, the CIA is bad. They're callous, (laughs) but not in a way that like, where they actually deal with it. And it's similar with, with Hollywood where they're making fun of Hollywood, but in this very tongue and chummy camaraderie, like you know, ah, ah, what a jot, you know, let's lightly jab him. Um, He's so funny. Can't, oh, it's funny, it's like, and oh, they're so endearing. vain. Exactly. It, it's a it's an insider's jab 
but it's it's for fun and it's like well i mean a lot of people are like threat of death it's revolution i mean maybe we should focus on that i don't know i mean in a way you know forrest gump is the same way (laughs) putting the focus on the wrong things parker do you have anything else you'd like to say or bring up about arco before we jump to the forest and the gump uh not not too much, except that for both of them, I, I think it, it both of them could have been a fairly progressive movie with just a couple little changes to each of them. Mm, uh, the few small changes kind of thing. The, yeah, the, the, the few small changes, uh, be, because they never really go into the what were out what was our role in causing this situation for um, for Argo and for Forrest Gump, it was more, all right, guys, we've got a, a whole movie. It's going to be nice. It's, it's going to have some good anti-war statements. It's going to have uh, some really good statements on uh, how we treat people with uh, mental disabilities and, uh, and, and uh, hepatitis C, which was really stigmatized uh, at this time. And then they back out of all of it, like at the last second, uh, like like the one scene where uh, Forrest is impromptuly uh, shoved up onto a stage, and he has to give a, yeah. a speech uh, to to that anti-war protest, mm. and he gets cut off, and and apparently, and and I and I and I don't know this for certain, but apparently, what the the culmination of that speech was. Uh, some people go to war, but not all of them come back. Uh, that's all I have to say on that. Uh, <laughs> and so it it could have been like an actual message, but they backed out of it to get the Oscar because they wanted they they wanted to appeal to a wider audience. Yes, I mean I think I. Um have a less charitable opinion of Forrest Gump than you do. I agree. But I do think it's interesting. Uh, something that is starting to grow on me in Argo, and I feel icky saying it. But- I was going to say, how, do you, <laughs> how does that make you feel? I do, not good. You're <laughs> not- either going to love Argo by the end of this podcast, or no. you're going to hate it, and I'm yes. watching you learn to love it. Are, are you starting your descent into Argo Stockholm Syndrome? Well, the the thing is, we've passed hatred or love. We've seen it <laughs> nine times, nine times, ten times. I don't. We, we've Many seen it times. enough that I think we're getting past. Is this movie good or bad? And we're getting to what am I hanging on to? What what scenes am I holding on to for dear life? Look, Jamal, if you're starting to love Argo, just say that. Oh boy. I, <laughs> no one will judge you except all of us. <laughs> I can't lie anymore. I have bought 10 DVD and Blu-ray copies of Argo. I do have Argo playing on four screens at all times, 24-7. Of course. We are Ben okay, okay, Affleck it's, it's stands. A I, I, I couldn't tell when you first started that that was a bit. <laughs> no! But wait, which the, the, the move that I had that I bought copies of Argo? That, that you bought four copies of, oh, of Argo whoa. and DVD. No, 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 no. I do own a copy of Argo, but it's digital, and um, I watch it for this. Uh, I, 
how th- that one shot when they go into the um the the script reading for the movie for the fake art well i mean it's a real script for argo uh and what's uh ben affleck puts his wine glass down and they track <laughs> the waiter into the kitchen uh to where he puts it down and of course it's it's uh, a broadcast from Iran relating to the, the hostages and American yes. oppression. You know, it's aggressively, deeply unsubtle, but I, that shot's growing on me. Just the, the direct following the waiter into service areas and seeing, oh yeah, this is reality. I don't think the actual cutting between it works and yeah, they don't focus on any of but the transition the, there is good. Yeah, like they don't. The problem is, uh, and I think it's similar to what you were saying, Parker. They don't focus on any of the Iranians or anyone in service positions except for Sahar. So, like, the movie's not about anyone that this message would apply to, really. They're just kind of gesturing toward it. And we get a lot of the history through just like the TV clips. And and what I thought you were going to say about that scene was how you hung on to how Ben Affleck knocked back that very full <laughs> glass of wine and then <laughs> yeah. grabbed another off of a waiter's tray that yes. I don't think was meant for him. It was not meant no. for him. And no. But, you know, looking at like that scene, it, it's just one of those examples of how this movie could have been better. Um, if it had the decency to focus on any minoritized characters. Yeah. Um, like I certainly, and I think that I feel the same. Oh, sorry. And I think I feel the same way about Forrest Gump. There are like characters in Forrest's periphery who maybe have potential to be developed, who are just let to, to stand there and do nothing, uh, to move the plot forward. Other than you know, exist for Forrest's character development. Yeah, the, it, it's very much a couple movies where things happen to people, and and only a couple people have agency in each of them, and exactly. everyone who has agency in them makes terrible decisions all of the time. It's it's see, for, I, I agree with both of you. I think in regards to Argo, and that I think. There's a, I mean, because I think there's a lot of good in Argo. It's not a good movie, but uh, necessarily. But I, there, there are parts that work. There are characters, kind of ish, that work. And if, if you change the focus and you, like, I feel like in the bones of that script, if you change some things, sharpened it, to, you know, it could be a really, it could be something really interesting or really good. Um, on the other hand. Uh, I think Forrest Gump is rotten right down to the core and you can toss that whole thing on the trash fire. So (laughs) I also, okay. I I will say Parker um, that I also uh, think that Forrest Gump is a heap. Uh, (laughs) I I do also think that it's a steaming pile. My first note, my first Forrest Gump note, my first one is holy shit shut the fuck up (laughs) (laughs) my uh first well not my first note uh because my first note um is him talking to this black woman just trying to read people magazine on (laughs) a note in relation to the first is stop bothering this poor black woman (laughs) but my later note was you know it's gonna be a bad movie when there's 
quote, he started up this club called the Ku Klux Klan. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I almost died. turned it off right then. Luckily, <laughs> I, I didn't. Died. I had help through this movie because I did not watch this one alone. Oh, I had a friend to lean on during this movie. And the best part about that was uh, he was researching the movie while I was watching it. So before the end credits even started, he sent me a link to an IndieWire article with the title, Forrest Gump, 25 years later, a bad movie that gets worse with age. So I experienced like like all those years that age in uh, Forrest Gump before the end credits even started. That's valid. That's because valid. Honestly, I feel like I experienced it in real time. So did I. I felt like it was real time. The way he was like bothering that poor black woman literally from the jump. Again, my first note is shut up. My second note is stop bothering the poor black woman. And my third note is in is yelling in all caps about Nathan Bedford Forrest. Just in all caps. Why is this happening? Why is this KKK joke happening? Yeah. He's named after Nathan Bedford Forrest? Who the fuck thinks that's funny? That ruined me when I was starting this because all this year, all these years, I just thought it was just like an innocent name. No. He's named after Nathan Bedford Forrest. Uh, just, just my f- mind. Just want to fire this out to any listeners who may be uh, unaware of the movie Forrest Gump or Nathan Bedford Forrest. Uh, uh, Forrest Gump is named after, as stated, Nathan Bedford Forrest, the first Grand Wizard of the KKK and uh, Civil War <laughs> General. Um, yep. And we shouldn't have to say this, but uh, your hosts are black. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, Jess and I are black, so it, it's not we we don't stand Nathan Bedford Forrest. These could have been much better movies by sort of recontextualizing. I saw a couple different movies that you could have made out of Forrest Gump that I would have much preferred to see. Uh, just yes. just Jenny, just a story, just all about Jenny. Oh my and, god! Yeah, yes. sure, Absolutely. that would have been good. Her life seemed so interesting. <laughs> Yeah, we and got... we are stuck focusing on Forrest Gump. Yes, absolutely, and and I really wanted to see more of it because I did. Did her like abusive boyfriend even get a name? I don't remember he had, no. him having a name. Not that I remember. He had a name. I don't remember what it is, oh, but he man. had a name. Also, he was wearing an armband like a Nazi. An- another better movie that I saw in Forrest Gump, Lieutenant Dan. Just a whole movie oh, about yeah. him. Would have been fantastic because we only got snippets of he had a relative die in every single American war. And we could have had some great commentary about like uh, uh, anti-militarism and how it and how it like absolutely broke his family and how he was just convinced he was going to die. And when the Vietnam War starts, we could have had like a whole arc of him sort of just coming to terms with, oh, I'm going to war. I'm never coming back. That is my destiny. Yeah, honestly, I think that that would have been really interesting to see, especially too, like the way that it was so clearly like impacting his judgment. Oh, yeah. Also, he he, he said uh, his, the, his two rules were don't do anything stupid and uh, uh, take care of your, your feet. And at the end, he, he didn't have any feet. I'm sorry. I just wanted to point that out. Well, he did. 
he did fail his his rules. Um, I I don't I don't know if I would want a dramatic movie about Lieutenant Dan, but I would love a black comedy about yes. Lieutenant Dan's family dying throughout history in pointless wars, and then him failing to die in I the most pointless that. war of all. I might be I might be on board with Parker because I think a dramatic a, a dramatic reading would be really good, but I don't doubt that a black uh, that a black comedy would be certainly interesting considering the Vietnam War as it's understood uh, today as the mistake that it was. Yes, I, I do think being a loose term for atrocity. <laughs> I do think there are a lot of Vietnam War movies of the seventies, eighties and nineties that go into that. Um, which is why I feel like I could watch a Lieutenant Dan movie, but I could also watch full metal jacket, but I get it. I agree. I agree. There's definitely an interesting story. Like, I feel like you could definitely make a good movie out of that. Um, instead, well, instead Tom Hanks did a, uh, quite an accent, huh? I want to cry. (laughs) Tom Hanks, I I mean, who doesn't love Tom Hanks, national treasure, fun person, couldn't stand his voice, couldn't stand his voice in this movie, couldn't do it, hated it. I, it's one of those things where, obviously, like, there's a lot of different facets of the disability community, mm-hmm. um, but it you could get away with so much in the night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, buddy. That, like, that blew my mind. I got halfway through this movie before I realized, oh, we have Tom Hanks playing a mentally challenged man and doing this weird voice. Mm-hmm. This wouldn't fly. He this is w- absolutely playing someone with a disability. And the fact that they specifically like, the way that they like state like very specifically that his IQ is lower than his peers is already fucked up. IQ, the most important and valuable uh, indicator of intelligence. Yeah, like that's portrayed as something that is very specifically like necessary um, and important. It's also shown it's also used as like some sort of metric for how even this man um, can succeed. (laughs) And I think some of that is, is intentional in the time period, but, but yeah, it like, so I, I wasn't really allowed to watch this movie as a kid. I didn't want to, but my, (laughs) my mom never showed it to me. Um, I, as some background for viewers who may not know me, viewers, listeners, 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 viewers of the blank screen, um, I'm adopted and I have a a variety of um, also adopted siblings, many of whom have special needs. Uh, And there are a lot of challenges, obviously, involved in growing up in a family uh, with with a lot of special needs children. And my mom was not a fan of Forrest Gump uh, for several reasons, the biggest one being she felt very frustrated by the idea that all you need to care for children with special needs is to believe in them and encourage them, and that's it. They don't need any special attention. They don't need to go to a special school that can support them. You just got to build them up and then they're fine. 
Uh, and then at a certain age, they'll find their superpower of running. Didn't she also fuck his principal? <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Parker. <laughs> Literally, thank you. The I. Well, that was one of the many, 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 many <laughs> jokes about rape in the movie. <laughs> that was a wild, wild to me. Like, when uh-huh. I say, like, what you could get away with in the 90s, they really had uh, this man proposition Forrest's mother for sex in order to get her son into a public school, something that she does and agrees to. Um, this is an unwilling act, um, being done like under, like, like this is, this is a threatening situation. Yep. Um, and the movie's just like, yeah, you know, she did what she did. She raised her son. Um, there's, there's so much wrong. Another better movie. movie portrays this. Another better movie. All about Forrest's mom. Sure. Or that, even about three. like the freaking like about Forrest's mom, about the like bed and breakfast she runs. The she does appear to have they have a large house that is significant I'm, generational wealth. Must be, and they have a maid who is still his maid when he has millions. Yeah, sure. what was what was the maid's name again? Miss Louise. I don't know. I don't remember Ms. almost Louise, any names. The mother's housekeeper. That oh, here's what my note says. Who is Miss Louise? Mother's housekeeper. She only gets a speaking role being introduced halfway through the movie after Forrest gets back from the war. It it uh, took that long. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh Jesus! That's the first time she spoke. Halfway through my notes, there are well multiple times. There are. Uh, all caps exclamations. I've had enough of Forrest not understanding sexual assault. Really yeah, had enough shit. of that repeated bit question mark. Like it, it seems like they're playing it like almost a recurring joke and it's very unsettling. I don't, they can't have wanted it to be that unsettling, right? Like they have to have, assumed that this was a lighthearted thing i just i think they didn't think it was a big deal which is wild it it it, i it took i think that's just something that happened in the 90s in like all of all of media there's just a token sexual assault scene and it's not handled delicately i mean and there's like four in this there there's constantly the joke joke continues to be that Forrest does not understand sort of sexuality in general, but whenever they keep bringing it up, it's always sexuality as it relates to assault specifically and him not understanding what happened to his mom or Jenny's father or Mm. well, the whole situation with, with Jenny in general, yikes. Wow. Um, And my question too is, why even have some of that in there if there's no if, if there's no like what an incredible question there, there's there's <laughs> nothing there's there's nothing there that like it builds off of you yeah. know what i mean like we're not looking at jenny's character you know who was assaulted as a young person 
and we're seeing the way that she grows and changes, you know, and the way that she becomes like empowered, you know, as her life is parallel to forests. Well, it's, it, it, so they, the creators of this movie, um, in, in talking about like the Robert Zemeckis who directed it, um, primarily and the writers, uh, I, I know Eric Roth wrote the screenplay and it's based on a book, um, have, have referred apparently to the movie the, in the book. Sorry to interrupt no, you, but apparently in the book, Jenny was not done that dirty. I, I would imagine I would um, hope. like it's like, I have not read the book myself. Um, but it's my understanding, um, that <laughs> she didn't, uh, she, she was more spirited and her life was not that tragic. Well, again, this, this is a conservative, conservative's wet dream. Of a movie. Uh, with, oh, ab- absolutely. And by the end of the movie, when, when like the, the, the score is swelling, it's got that da, 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 da. I was thinking, oh man, Jenny just needs to get with this mediocre white man and she'll be fine. And then I got me. <laughs> and that was that was that was the that was the hook. It, well, the it, it hook is that she when... should have settled with the she. The hook is that she should have settled with her average white man earlier. Yeah, oh yeah, and her life would have been better and changed if she hadn't wanted independence or freedom or anything for herself. Yeah, the the, the two big lessons of of this of this movie were: ladies, find a mediocre man and settle down. ASAP and fellas just do whatever you're told and stuff just works out and you become a millionaire. It, it and like the, I, from what I know about the the original book it's a much sort of rougher edged book yes. and it does not end with him rich and successful it ends with him like begging on a bench. That's but, my understanding as well. But like this movie you you have Forrest who is the sort of platonic ideal of Americanism. He's not that smart, but he's very dedicated and he's innocent and loyal. He comes from um, no money, but also a giant house and land and a maid. So I don't, it's unclear. And then he goes to war and fights for his country and um, uh, succeeds, I guess, and then comes back and builds a, a company up from nothing and becomes a millionaire. And, uh, decides to run across America f- for no real reason, just kind of because, well, the writers didn't have any story at that point, uh, <laughs> and and that's and he's just sort of good. He's a fifty-year-old white man at that point, and is um, you know doing what you're supposed to do. Jenny is part of any counterculture, and they're all bad. <laughs> well, <laughs> because they all don't teach hard work or good ethics, and that's the reason why she dies. Absolutely. And and Jamal, you, you gave a, a pretty stellar overview of the movie, but you forgot the most crucial part. And that brings me to my third bullet point. It just says ping pong. Yeah, I also was going to say you That's totally true. skipped it's the forget ping pong. Forget about what he was a ping pong <laughs> it's, star for the military. When he was a ping pong star for the military to fight communism. I forgot what he was a ping pong star. Remember how we like... <laughs> Remember how... 
how he created all of modern culture. He was at every single modern flashpoint or his like of, of history, and he inspired Elvis. Elvis didn't steal from black people. He stole from a young white boy with braces. Oh, and I he gave uh, uh, he he gave John Lennon uh, the the lyrics to Imagine. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, he did. He did. I, I love that when he decides to run across the country, um, the news call him a gardener from Alabama. He is at this point a war hero, a famous ping pong player. Yeah. He's a shrimp millionaire. Gardner. Also, let's talk and, about and a the, Medal of Honor recipient. Absolutely, that'd be the that'd yeah. be the first thing listed. It very much reminds me of like every like wealthy person who tries to pretend like they're from humble beginnings. Yeah, and it's just because he's so innocent. It's sort of used as a like they're being quote unquote apolitical in the most political way you can be. We're just sort of, we're not going to discuss how our worldview is correct, but it is correct. Exactly. Like yep. the presumption is that Forrest Gump is the, you know, idiot, if you'll forgive me, the idiot who came from nothing, um, who had everything against him, um, who then uh, succeeds by doing everything that he's supposed to uh, against all odds. Um, no one expects it from him, but yet he still succeeds. And through that, right, if you actually, like the movie presumes that you're going to believe that message and says things in the, like the movie actually says things to you as a viewer so that you believe that message. But if you are actually watching the movie, <laughs> you very much understand that, you know, he did not come from nothing and that, yes, he is stumbling his way through uh, these situations that an ordinary person would not have come out of the other side of necessarily. Yeah, and the universe just sort of bends towards him and lets him come out the other side. A millionaire. By the way... Plot armor is amazing. What? Plot armor is amazing. Yeah, it, it's good. The, the best slash worst part uh, was him on the shrimp boat when oh, he God. makes his big break. Uh, I, I had to... I had to to write this down as well. Uh, there's a natural disaster. Yep. A, yes. a hurricane yes, sir. destroys, yes. like, I presume the Wonderful entire point. city and a, a majority black owned business yep. ventures yes. of all of their shrimp boats are destroyed. And this random white guy, managed yep. <laughs> random white guy buys the entire industry and that's, and that's thought of as a good thing wow isn't it great that this hurricane <laughs> destroyed the livelihoods of all of these people it is and that's the gospel truth parker it, it is crazy the movie doesn't hot like it doesn't feel like it needs to like if you made a movie like this today, which you couldn't for a trillion reasons, boy, could this only have been made then. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. You would never have him get rich like that. Because if you watch that, you immediately go, oh, he's get, oh, that seems bad. We've got to have yeah. him get rich off of the lottery or something. But they really the 90s, had like God destroy yeah. <laughs> black people's livelihoods for this white man to get rich. 
it, it, well, throughout the whole movie, he is stealing black sort of achievements yes. and uh, like sort of stereotypical abilities. Like he starts with, I mean, he teaches Elvis how to dance. His sort of special ability in the movie is running, which is how he overcomes his, um, uh, I don't know, intellectual difficulties, which is stereotypically a way African Americans um, are able, physical sort of ability, are able to get out of. Poverty. Poor, poverty and poor situations, uh, especially, well, especially uh, track and field and such. But but he also does football. He also, yeah, he does football. He does. He's in the military. He literally gets his idea for a shrimp company from his dead black shrimp idiot. <laughs> I'm going to cry. By the way. The Bubba part that dies? kills me is how long it takes him to give the money to Bubba's family. Oh my god, it's it takes it's him decades. So long. It's it's yeah. it's at the end. Also, Bubba dies and I don't think he's brought up again until that moment when he gives the money to his family and then we just see his grave. Yep. It Also, uh also I have in my notes that um Michael T. Wilson took the took the role but it was turned down by let's see uh david allen greer dave Chappelle, and ice cube wild turned I understand down why. yeah i do too i also the fact that he names the boat jenny is wild <laughs> i don't know why like i thought he was gonna name it after his dead friend but he didn't name it after his dead friend this man needs to get over this one white lady. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Jesus. He, the boat is named Jenny, and then the second boat is Jenny too. He I spends his whole earthly life obsessed with this woman who truly has better things to do. And, and so I have does he. So many questions. Like, I have so many questions. Like, between his, like, before we move on to his obsession with Jenny. My huge, like, my big question, how did Forrest end up in the Black Gospel Choir? That would not have happened. That is the most, that is one of the most unrealistic things in the movie. <laughs> so, so I, I, I didn't, I don't think I, I, I don't think I put a bullet point on this, but th this movie was meant to be, like, the pinnacle of colorblind race oh, relations. Oh, yes. Oh. Like, what, what conservative white man do you see in a black gospel choir or even feeling comfortable going into a black church so no. many black churches have like almost the pet white family there i i have been i've yes. been that family i do love it it's very yes, funny but also like no <laughs> he's not he's not a family he's a one man yeah. He's not a family. There's no kids. There's no wife. It's one man. Yeah, I don't know. That that I didn't it's strange. have a problem with because he's friendly to everybody and seems was... to not be seems to be so unaware. But well, because his superpower in the movie is running, but his other one is uh innocence. So racism and doesn't exist to him. Yeah, he's so innocent that racism doesn't exist, which means it doesn't exist to anyone else. But the yeah. problem that I have with the idea that, like, canonically, like, racism doesn't exist to Forrest is he's heard the N-word 
but he's never heard the word coon. Like, I remember seeing oh that early God. on in the movie and being like, what the fuck? Like, okay, so he picks up a black woman's notebook that fell out of her bag, so we presume he's not racist? What? He's, like, no, that's so clearly, like, canonically untrue. No, because he gave he gave her her notebook after she dropped it while she was being uh escorted into the school by the by the national guard a big historical moment so we know he's not racist i i hated that but he's heard the n-word and he's cool with calling like calling black people by the n-word unless they say otherwise i guess like no i I, I, I I doesn't understand it i honestly forgot when does he call when does he call them the n-word I, I don't uh, believe it. I, don't I think just he does. forgot. He doesn't call them the N-word, but when uh when a, another white man at that rally that's protesting uh the black students going to school with the white students, um, you know, integration, uh, he <laughs> knows exactly what he's talking about. So it's not like he's he doesn't understand what's going on. Well, well, he I doesn't think, understand the implications of it, I think. I think canonically he knows that people – he knows that black people are sometimes called that. But he, he depending upon the scene, of course, seems to not – I mean it doesn't occur to him. So he'll just pick up a book and run it in even – and not aware of the National Guard and the <laughs> clear – I don't know. it. His His knowledge of outside events is – absurdly limited limited by being part of all of them yeah despite being part of all of them and being named after the clan yes exactly well that's the thing is it's he is he is southern and adjacent to all of these things but because he's a movie character and this is a gross movie is like ah i i i observe everything but i understand only but so little it's disgusting. I he thought they were talking about raccoons. I, I, the, I the fact that he thought they were talking Why? about raccoons, I was like, you expect me to understand that? You expect me to like to understand that he knows the N word, but he thinks they're talking about raccoons. I have a note that says the white woman is serving the black woman. We've reached the mountaintop, and without those <laughs> pesky black panthers. Oh also, why did she have shrimp? Whom? It, it, at, at the end, she she was she was a shrimper her entire life. Her family like w- was fishing for shrimp <laughs> their entire life, and then suddenly she's wealthy and she gets shrimp. Is this what white people assume black people want? Well, I mean, they created <laughs> the character of Bubba, a man who um, only has concepts of shrimp, a man who. <laughs> <laughs> a man who lives, eats, breathes, and of course dies. dies. Shrimp. <laughs> the family is psychotic. The family is a shrimp freak. Shrimp freak family. No, I presume that this is what like they think that like black people want. Like, oh, like we'll get money, and then like. Equality will be reached. We get money, and then equality is very. Equality is reached, and we won't have to. And we won't have to cook our own food because that's clearly what we want. I still can't get over that she got shrimp. Like, bitch, get me a steak. It made no sense. 
I uh, I do love that again. A political movie, totally apolitical. The movie has no political bias. However, uh, you know who's bad? Anti-war protesters. Uh, and, and they're uh, foolish and stupid because yeah, the movie makes and, them look stupid. and college students and, and women who make their own choices. Yeah, all of them. That. Uh, and anybody who sleeps with anyone before they're married, and the Black Panthers who are scary to our main character, aggressive, and cool with active abuse. Yeah, that active abuse. Which, honestly, like, that fucked me, because, like, we, like, we as educated people understand, like, that the Black Panther was, the Black, that the Black Panthers focused on, you know, serving communities, empowering Black folks, and to to see that was like, uh, and it's not to say that, you know, everybody within the organization was perfect, but it is to say that, like, uh, cool with active abuse is um, not it, you know? You see, they hadn't invented intersectionality yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, yeah, like the, the Black Panther. why is uh... not white man there? <laughs> <laughs> like, do you see what I'm saying? It's like, okay. It's the like, prerequisites for being in the Black Panther were you you have to be black or abuse women, according to this movie. There was no Kimberly Crenshaw to save the day. <laughs> There's, it's just, and 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 like when he's speaking, um, he's speaking at the National Mall, part of, of course, an actual rally, uh, and of course these these sort of. Well, actually, who cuts his who cuts his um mic? It's uh it's, it's one of the uh, soldiers, right? Yeah, yeah, it's it's a soldier. It's a, it's like an old middle aged guy. Yeah, yeah, which is I believe the only time, like any conservative ish figure does anything bad, is pulling his mic because they're angry he's talking to them, which of course he's doing utterly and totally innocently because God forbid Forrest have an opinion. Or yes. any sort of conviction. No, the man decided to walk across the country for four times or whatever, just because. For no reason. For fun, because he was sad about Jenny. And you know what? Despite all of this, despite all of this, and Sorry. it did <laughs> still hit me when he saw his kid for the first time. Yep. Yes, that was that was actually that was actually a good moment. I feel like it's a great moment. It's nice. Especially compared to the rest of the movie. <laughs> Remember when Jenny almost kept... Jeez, when Jenny is standing on the ledge? Yeah. That, I hate it. I hate it. Rough. Oh, that was so rough. And honestly, like, you know, we've talked about the movie from, like, these different perspectives. And it would have been significantly less weird to see Forrest show back up in Jenny's life. Seeing... You know, like seeing Jenny like on this edge and then seeing her get herself back together um, and, you know, get away from that like life that she was leading. And then like he and then like he pops up in her life, like in that perspective of like, oh, well, you know, I haven't told you this, but like, you know what I mean? It would have I think it would have hit a lot differently seeing it from Jenny's perspective and it would have felt a lot less creepy. Like this man, Boris has been following Jenny through varying points of her life, harassing her and being obsessed with her. 
Well, they just well, that's the thing is because he doesn't follow her. That would be one. That would be active uh, like right. a, like agency. And you would have to two, choose to do that. Yes. And that might be considered creepy. He continuously shows up in a coincidental way that that I perceive as creepy, but is not technically a direct action. Well, that's the thing. In real life, that is creepy. He keeps showing up. That's not good. That means that's not good. It's no, it's, probably it's a not. stalker seems bad, but we we know it's totally innocent. It's just cosmic coincidence. Oh, yeah, Forrest uh, and his well, he just keeps running, and that, that's all he does. So why he doesn't need to, nor does he make choices? Because why? I mean, why? Because he? if you go along with the system, everything just works out, and you become a millionaire at the expense of all these small business owners. Oh, and a Medal of Honor recipient. Right. The fact that no one has ever mentioned there is a literal Bubba Gump Shrimp Co. restaurant, and no one has ever mentioned in any Wait, capacity what? to me or around yes. me that uh, that the Bubba Gump Shrimp Company was created out of a natural disaster where all the black shrimp boats were dashed upon the rocks. <laughs> Don't follow your dreams, kids. You'll fall into alcoholism. Kids, if you don't follow the system, you'll be taken advantage of by all the mean leftists and countercultural forces who don't That'll like That'll sweep you up and spit Remember, you out. kids, if you follow along with the system, you too can show LBJ your anus. <laughs> uh, Bubba said he was born with big gums. That made me laugh. That was so stupid. What? Wait, what? He says, I was born with big gums, sir. And I don't know. No. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Thanks for listening. (laughs) He pulled up business from a small loan. Jamal, I said thanks for listening. We had a whole nother. I was going to ask Parker a segment question. We're done. We're done. Go ahead. We have to wrap up anyway. Parker, where is Forrest Gump and Argo? What does well, Forrest Gump do to to be in Argo? To to be in Argo? Yes. How does Forrest Gump show up in the movie Argo? Historical historical movie. What did he do? Oh oh. Because um, okay. here's my because here's my guess. My guess is that is that. Uh, Forrest is somehow in the crowd storming the American <laughs> embassy in Iran because he ran there somehow, perhaps across the surface of the water, and is very confused why everyone is so mad at these, these American embassy staff. He is one of the people uh, held hostage, but he makes friends with the, with the hostage takers because he's simply so he's so simple and nice and kind. Then he somehow escapes is rescued by Ben Affleck and becomes a hero for uh, somehow escaping. That's my thought. Maybe not, maybe not that aspect, maybe not the Affleck part. Maybe he's just in the Iranian embassy. I'm screaming. So, so the, the way Forrest is, is in this movie uh, is there's a natural disaster and it absolutely destroys uh, uh, a few poor uh, Iranian families' uh, businesses, and he goes in there and and buys them out. And then a few months later, just six Americans just show up on his doorstep, and they're like, "Oh my god, 
how do we get out? And he's just like, well, the Canadians are over there or something like that. <laughs> he just points That's them amazing. To the- That's awesome. That's amazing. <laughs> he just happens to have just talked to uh, the Canadian ambassador and he just says, oh, it was right there. And I'm not going to do his voice. It feels offensive. Yeah, don't. Yeah. Don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And honestly, Parker, that's so good. That's better than my best bet, which is Forrest Gump just happens to be at the bazaar where the man <laughs> starts yelling about taking his picture and how his son was killed with an American weapon. And like, he's like, hey, like, these are nice people. <laughs> They're dead. And like, he doesn't lie, right? So he just like outs them as Americans. <laughs> Oh no! And then they're just like taken off screen and shot or something. No, they're just taken off screen, and everybody has. And he's like, "You definitely weren't making a foreign bride film." Like, (laughs) 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 and then they get reported to the ministry of the ministry of culture. That's my that's my forest fits into the canon. (laughs) Well, I guess we have to ask this, Uh, Parker. Uh, do you think? Uh, well, actually, you, are you you're aware of the concept of the Argo rule? Uh, a movie is better or worse than Argo, an Oscar winner, and that determines if it's a good movie. So, number one, is Forrest Gump better or worse than Argo? And number two, uh, is it in fact a good movie? Ooh, I I I I I would have to say it's a lateral move. That- okay. <laughs> <laughs> you're correct. <laughs> I, I, they both have very good filmmaking. They have all the right pieces. No one read the directions. I love it. It's okay for it. Okay. Canonically based on Parker's response to which I totally agree. Uh, Forrest Gump and Argo are both the personification of like the Ikea, like catalog like the instructions <laughs> manual <laughs> where you, it's just pictures and you're like, how the fuck I'm trying to put together like a whole movie without instructions, a confusing mess. And you, you think you put it together, but you're pretty sure it's going to break if you sit on it. And it definitely <laughs> missed a screw. And you think you have to like drill something into the wall, but like, you're like, not like sure. how, and like, I'm not going to do that. I'm in an apartment. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, uh, fair enough. Okay. So two, two on that. It's a lateral move. Um, Solid in the same lateral. way for me, uh, uh, Forrest Gump, much worse than Argo. Aggressively, uh, aggressively worse. Aggressively, not a good movie. Absolutely follows the rule to me. I'm never going to well, watch it again. Here's the I thing: hate though, it every Jamal, second. I think we're thinking about it differently, right? Mm-hmm. I think Parker and I are thinking about the technical elements of Forrest Gump, not the abhorrent content within. Well, see, <laughs> I I think we have to do it. I think we have to. Uh, I think it's got to be. Um, Looking at whole at it wholly, I mean, technically, sure, I think it's a well, wonderfully well made movie. Yeah, but, um, with regarding the making of the movie, I agree that it's a lateral move. Regarding the content, Forrest Gump is outright offensive, <laughs> and, <laughs> and to a certain extent, Argo is also outright offensive, but not quite as much as Forrest oh, Gump. Oh, yeah. In, in terms of content, For- Forrest Gump is is 
horrifying. What what I'm trying to say is is um, imag- imagine if 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 Birth of a Nation was technically beautifully shot. And I'm I- screaming. We have to cut that. We that can't be in the podcast. Now, Birth of a Nation is technically beautifully shot. So the thing is, I I think you're more right than you know. I hate no. both of you. I was forced to watch Birth of a Nation in what? class. I think was it A Push? It wasn't A Push. No, it was one of my classes. Made you watch Birth of a I Nation. I had to watch like quite a bit of Birth of a Nation. No. So so I I, I want to save face a little bit because the only reason I brought that up is because they have clips of Birth of a Nation in, in the motion. You are correct in the motion picture. <laughs> Wild to me. This this is such. Such an insane, crazy movie. I don't know how or why. I don't know how or why. I don't know how or why. Um, but it definitely exists. Uh, it, it exists. Yeah, I guess in terms of pure, in terms of pure technical artistry, they are lateral. <laughs> However, yes. for making watching Forrest Gump made me furiously angry, and I was yes. texting my partner for the entire viewing screaming <laughs> i refuse to put my partner through that um and <laughs> and chose to just opt out well well yeah uh, she didn't watch it with me um good on her uh, i just texted Smart about choice. it uh whereas argo i was okay enough with to watch it um every single episode for this bad idea <laughs> for this sort of um uh, mummy's curse that <laughs> that we that is, put on ourselves. That is all systems Argo. <laughs> oh. Well, thanks for coming on, Parker. It's been wonderful to have you. It really has, Parker. It's It's been a blast to be here. Uh, thanks uh, to all of our listeners. Um, don't watch Forrest Gump. Uh, I mean, it, no. it, please it, do not watch Forrest Gump. Prior to listening to this, I'm so sorry. If you are thinking about watching it because you've heard us talk about it, please don't. It's so long. It's so long. And uh, honestly, anyone with any modern sensibility, you're not going to leave this movie unscarred. Uh, to my what the grandmother. Fuck was up with that feather? Stop. <laughs> Bye. Thanks Bye, for listening. Bye, everyone. So long. <laughs>